I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. Welcome to Rich Text, a podcast about our cultural obsessions, like artsy films inspired by tabloid stories from the 90s. If you're listening today, you're already a paid subscriber to our audio and written newsletter, Rich Text. Thank you, as always, for being here. You quite literally make our work possible. We're here today because we watched May-December, that buzzy Netflix film starring Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore, and we just, oh my gosh. We've been thinking about it We've for weeks. We've been thinking about it. I, we, I actually, know we're a little late, but... Yeah, it's it lingers. It sticks with yes. you. I actually watched most of it before the holiday break, and then I finished it afterwards, which is a weird way to watch it. But it was like haunting me all through the you holiday. Ha- you had a lot of time to let it really like <laughs> seep into your yeah. brain and then just terrify you. It is the slowest and also creepiest movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it's a slow and burn. I'm ex- yeah, very slow burn. I'm excited to talk about it. And also happy 2024, everyone. We're back, baby. Yeah, a new year, a new us. I got one of those line a day calendars for the next five years. And I'm like... We begin a new era, you know, 2024. It's going to be a whole new me. Do you have any New Year's resolutions, Emma? I'm trying to recover from my extreme jet lag. So my current New Year's resolution is stay awake past 7.30 p.m. That is really respectable. (laughs) It's my year. I got this. Some background on May-December. It premiered at Cannes in May 2023 and came out in U.S. theaters on November 17th, 2023, soon after on Netflix. The movie follows actress Elizabeth Berry, played by Natalie Portman, who embeds herself with Gracie Atherton Yu, played by Julianne Moore, and Joe Yu, Charles Melton a couple whose relationship made them tabloid sensations in the 90s. We learn that Gracie was 34 when she began a sexual relationship with Joe, who was just 13 at the time, and he was working for her at the time at a local pet shop in Savannah, Georgia, where the couple still lives. Elizabeth is there to observe Gracie and Joe because she is set to play Gracie in a movie re-examining the case. The movie is set in 2015. So a pre-pandemic world. Yeah, it's almost a period piece at this point. (laughs) It was directed by Todd Haynes, who previously directed movies like Carol and Dark Waters, the, the Teflon scandal movie, which really disturbed me. And yet I still have Teflon pans in my apartment. His preferred themes are sort of like societal dysfunction, blurred gender roles, these sort of like creeping, uneasy feelings that I got from both Dark Waters and from May, December. I mean, it's yes, he's really working in his comfort zone here. (laughs) He's doing what he does best. Yeah, you really see this movie and you're like, ah, yes, this is a Todd Haynes movie. And (laughs) it works. Yeah. The screenplay was written by Sammy Birch alongside her writing partner and husband, Alex Mechanic, and this is her first major credit. She's about the same age as us, I believe, and she was inspired to write the screenplay because she was kind of reflecting on the tabloid culture of our shared youth. 
She said in an interview, I grew up in a time when the tabloid culture was very prominent and some of it was pretty local. She grew up in Los Angeles. I wasn't that far from the location of the Nicole Brown Simpson murder and Monica Lewinsky is someone I saw in the neighborhood. I'm realizing now that it was very much a part of the environment of my childhood. Yeah, I think that's evident in the movie, yes. <laughs> which is, I mean, it not only depicts some of the tabloid response to the relationship between Gracie and Joe, but it also, through the form of the movie, explores the nature of that kind of relationship and like the sort of lurid, scandalous coverage and fascination with these disturbing incidents and elements. And also the way that the way that that fascination morphs and yet still stays with us for a really, really long time. Yeah. That's something that's so fascinating about the movie is like the idea that perhaps the prominence of such a story in in the news fades, but with one project, the interest can be completely kicked up again. Yeah, it never really goes away. And like think of the way that Mary Kay Letourneau, which – We will discuss how her case sort of inspired this movie. That name is still a household name, I think. Yes, at least for our generation. Yeah, and there are so many more stories of, in theoretic national importance, that have been memory hold much more effectively, right? Like political and geopolitical stories that people our age don't remember anymore, that aren't really discussed in the mainstream anymore. But if you say Mary Kay Letourneau, everyone remembers. If you think about... It's like saying JonBenet Ramsey. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that that goes so deep into like the lizard part of your brain. You never forget those stories. So the cast, we'll just run through some of the main cast. I mean, it's exceptionally well acted stacked stacked cast (laughs) natalie portman who i think was also a producer and yes natalie portman is a producer yeah she portrays elizabeth the actress who's sort of like a tv famous actress looking for like a big independent role she's looking for for a highbrow meaty role i think that her role is as like a veterinarian on like a serial drama it's called Nora's Ark and people keep being like, oh, my God, I love Nora's Ark. And she's like, ew, thank you. It's I hate it. Thank you. <laughs> Julianne Moore plays Gracie, the woman who began this whole media frenzy by basically grooming and sexually assaulting a adolescent employee. <laughs> Charles Melton plays that employee who is now an adult. He's in his 30s. He and Gracie are married. He plays Joe Yu. He's so good. Excellent. Breakout role for him. Corey Michael Smith plays Georgie, Gracie's eldest son from her first marriage. She has three children in her, in her first marriage who are now grown. Elizabeth Yu plays Mary Atherton Yu, one of the twins that Gracie and Joe have together. Gabriel Chung plays Charlie, the other twin. They are the youngest children. They are about to graduate from high school when the movie begins. Piper Curta plays their older daughter, Honor Atherton Yu, who is at college already. And D.W. Moffat plays Tom Atherton, who is Gracie's ex-husband. So this movie was at least loosely inspired. In a lot of ways, I felt that it was more than loosely inspired. Yeah. I was uh, like, is it loosely inspired? Yeah. The filmmakers keep saying, like, loose, loose inspiration. But there are so many details that feel very much recreated from yeah. the Mary Kay Letourneau Vili Fulau story, which dominated the tabloids in the late 90s into the 2000s. The voice affects of our main characters, 
some of the photographs that we see Gracie show to Elizabeth from that time period in her life are literally recreated for photographs. For anyone who is unfamiliar, let's get into the real story that inspired this for a bit. Mary Kay Letourneau was a married mother of four. She was a teacher. This is one detail that is changed in the in the story of the movie. And Fulau was her former student. He had been in her second grade and sixth grade classes. He was no longer her student when their relationship began, but it was about a year later. In 1996, when Mary was 34 and Villy was 12 into 13, their relationship became sexual. And it was discovered when police found them in a car together late at night over the summer. And Mary lied about Villy's age. She was ultimately arrested on March 4th, 1997, and pled guilty to two counts of second-degree child rape. While she was awaiting sentencing in May 1997, she gave birth to her first child with Philly. Yeah. I mean, this case has definitely brought back up a lot of memories, but a lot of things I did not follow closely. And yeah, she had her first child while she was awaiting sentencing with Philly, and then she had her sentence reduced through a plea agreement to just six months in the county jail, which is like Honestly, I think a moral atrocity (laughs) that they not without being super into the carceral system. She's causing like active harm in the life of this young and vulnerable person. And it doesn't seem like they're that concerned about it. At the time, it was quite obvious the way that it was talked about that the fact that she was a beautiful blonde woman. Yeah. And Villy was a child of color. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, I believe Samoan. Yes. That was really playing into the way that this relationship was being framed in the media. And she was, yeah, very much treated with kid gloves at first. And yet, just two weeks after completing this jail term in February 1998, she was discovered again violating her no-contact order with Villy. She was told she could not contact Villy, her five children, or any minors. She violated this basically immediately and had sexual contact with Villy again. And so as a result, the judge reinstated her original prison sentence of seven and a half years. She did get pregnant again, and she gave birth to her second child with Villy while she was in prison. So she was ultimately released from prison the second time in 2004. By this point, Billy was 21, and he petitioned to have the no-contact order lifted, and they got married in 2005. And they stayed married for many years, but they ultimately divorced. He filed for separation from her in 2017. He withdrew the filing. They tried to reconcile. It didn't work, and they ended the relationship for good in 2019 and divorced. She then died of colorectal cancer at 58 in July 2020. And Villy was was with her when she died. They apparently maintained a pretty close relationship. They were um, co-parenting, yeah. certainly still. Yeah. Um, but basically at around the time that their kids had left the nest, you know, when they were empty nesters, that's around when Villy filed for separation the first time. And it seems like the co-parenting really held them together. And also yes. once it was gone, maybe 
there wasn't enough holding them together. And also, as he became the age that Mary Kay was when she pursued him sexually, something starts to shift. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's something that we see explored in a couple different ways with Joe, which I'm interested yeah. to talk about. Yeah. And also, like, the fact that he reaches an age where their kids are the age that he was. listened to a free preview of this week's rich text podcast if you like what you heard and you want to listen to the rest of this week's podcast and our entire rich text back catalog you can become a paying subscriber at clarendemma.substack.com if not you can still enjoy our free weekly recommendations rich text is hosted produced and edited by us claire fallon and emma gray you can find the written version of rich text at clarendemma.substack.com you can find us on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod, and you can find our other podcast, Love to See It, over at Stitcher and wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on TikTok and Twitter at Love to See It Pod. You can also find us individually at Claire E. Fallon and at Emma Lady Rose. Thanks for listening. <laughs>